BP Nation, what is up, guys? We are back on the podcast. Today, Ash and I are sitting down to discuss the common mistakes of being in a caloric deficit or moving into a caloric deficit. Ash is going to walk you through the questions that you need to ask yourself in order to determine whether or not you're ready to move into a deficit, as well as review some of the most common mistakes that we see when working with our clients, such as doing too much too soon, changing things too frequently, not monitoring biofeedback, managing your stress, talking about things like NEAT, which is your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Holy shit, that's a mouthful. Your satiety, not tracking foods accurately, um, all kinds of information packed into this episode, guys. So grab a notebook, grab a pen, sit down, make sure you take this information in because it's going to help you move forward on your health and fitness journey. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is episode number 74. We are back on the mics. I'm here with Ash. Ash, how are you feeling today? I'm good. How are you? Wonderful. It is a rainy and kind of overcast Monday, but... No, it's been rainy like the last few days. I know. That's why we have to move. <laughs> it's just an opportunity to watch those movies that are better when you watch them when it's raining outside, like Twister. I know, but we said we would do that, and we're too hooked on Survivor to watch anything else. I'm just trying to find the bright spots here. That's <laughs> all. That's all. But yeah, you're right. We do need to move the hell out of here. Uh, but our setup is so good here. I don't know. It would take it would I take know. a lot. Uh, but anyway, we're both killing it. We're both feeling good. It's a new week, and uh, we're here with this new episode. And today, Ash is going to be taking the lead and walking us through... Ash, why don't you tell them exactly what you're going to be walking us through? We are talking about calorie deficit uh, and the common mistakes seen when individuals either go into a calorie deficit, they try to, or they're thinking about it. Why'd you laugh at me when I told you to take us through? Because did you know what we were talking about? No, I didn't. And I <laughs> couldn't pull up the notes fast enough. So 100% I panicked. So I figured I'd throw it over to I you. I knew it. But uh, okay. I'm excited to... Um, Hopefully ask you some tough questions and put oh, you on the spot. Oh, God. Okay, I'm ready. Why don't, okay, <laughs> what are we kidding. starting with? Uh, so we'll just hop right into it. Is Do that good? It. Love it. All righty. So first mistake I often see or we often see is the individual might not necessarily be in a place to start a deficit. So what I mean by that is asking questions to yourself like, do you have a lot going on in your life right now? Do you feel stressed, anxious, or burned out? Do you struggle to get enough sleep? Do you struggle to consistently exercise? Do you feel like you've been dieting for years? If any of those questions you answered, yeah, like that's me. Hands me, me, down. me, hand up. <laughs> then you're not ready for a deficit. And just so anyone listening isn't confused, when you say a deficit... You're talking about what? Like just to really break this down rudimentary. When you say deficit, you're talking about a, technically a diet, right? Eating yes. less food. Yes. I just, I do not like the word diet. I, it has such a negative. Right. But that's for anyone yes, listening yes, who's yes. like, what the fuck is a deficit? That's what you're talking yes. about. Yes. Eating less food, losing weight, trying to change your body composition. What else? I think that's good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
Um, so I understand life happens. You're there's going to be weeks where stress is higher. There's going to be weeks where you might not exercise as much, but I'm talking like big picture. If you're stressed six out of seven days out of the week, three out of four weeks or weeks per month. <laughs> yeah, you're good. <laughs> then math is hard. Not a time. Not a good time. Um, And so some signs that you actually might be ready for a diet. I think it might be helpful to go through these. But you you're successfully managing stress or you have stress management tools like in your toolbox other than exercise um you're sleeping seven to nine hours per night on average wait let's go back for a second what are some other tools so things like reading walking i love cuddling with coda um is that in the textbooks cuddling with coda yeah okay just coda it's in the ebook for sure yeah okay Um, breathing. A lot of my clients, we do like two minute breathing breaks, set a reminder in your phone, literally breathe for two, stop what you're doing, breathe for two minutes, get outside, stop where you are, whatever you can do. Do you Um, remember when I would be really, didn't mean to cut you off, but when I'd be really focused on something and I would hold my breath for like, it felt like minutes at a time. And then I would like, (sighs) yes. Yes. Or you just ignore me. Those that, that was my favorite. That was my personal favorite <laughs> as well. Um, but I'm trying to think what other like stress management tools. A lot of our clients, I'm so jealous, they live near a beach, so they go for beach walks. I know. I'm like, nice. <laughs> yeah, Ash is super jealous of that. <laughs> um anything else that you can think of? Negative. Let's keep rolling. Okay. So then, like I said, you're sleeping seven to nine hours per night. I understand um, that might not be every single night, but I think that's an average that you should shoot for. Uh, Wait, pause on the sleep. Sorry, I keep interrupting. I'm just trying to interject a little bit here. With sleep, you work with a lot more clients in regards to their nutrition, so you talk about this a lot more with them. And just in general, I've probably worked with hundreds, if not thousands of people over the years in CrossFit gyms and like these affiliates and just fitness facilities. How many times do you talk to somebody or have we run into someone that the excuse about sleep is that they they physically can't get seven to nine hours because of X, Y, and Z? Like what I want to know is, in your opinion, is that a legitimate excuse? Like is not having enough time to sleep? Yeah legitimate because we're really busy people and obviously we don't have kids so it's a whole different ball mm-hmm. game but i just want to know like is that actually a thing or is it just that you're not prioritizing sleep enough to make everything else that's happening towards the end of your evenings line up with your sleep schedule yeah i think it depends for individuals like any of my nutrition clients that are single parents that have kids I think that's when it's it gets tricky, especially if their kids are like getting older and they're staying up past 8, 9 p.m. A lot of uh, parent or individuals like want to still have that hour, hour and a half of like their time to just like relax, be alone, do do what they enjoy. Um, but is that where they could take that hour and get their asses into bed and start reading and spending time with each other that way without the kids, as opposed to turning on the TV 
and getting all that blue light exposure and like stimulating their mind right before they sleep. Yeah. In the perfect world, yes. Right. But we but obviously is it don't realistic? Live in a perfect world. Yeah. I'm But I'm saying I, I'm tr- I think I that could be that realistic. Middle ground. Right. But don't yeah. you think that is realistic over the course of time? Like that should be something yeah. that you can do. Yes. But I think for you and I, we set that as a priority where quote unquote normal individuals, like that's that's not that we have to help them make that a priority. I.e. non mutants. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. But for the most part, I think a few situations, especially the other, the only other th- scenario that I can think of personally with our clients is our shift workers. Like Jordan's not going to care that I say his name. So Jordan, for example, like there are times when he's working night shift and he just moved into a new house like that he's meeting with contractors that morning. So things. Come right. Up. Obviously, there's. There's exceptions to every rule. Yeah. I just wanted to find out generalities. Yeah. Okay. Keep keep going on. Um, That you feel energized throughout the day. That can be another good sign that it's a good time to go into a diet or deficit. Uh, you're exercising regularly and slash or leading a physically active lifestyle. You're getting steps in. You're exercising. You're resistance training. Um, what else? You're eating real nutrient dense foods 80% of the time. We are never like, unless you're competing, you have a body weight, like you have to be at, we're never preaching like a hundred percent of the time. And even then it's still not a hundred percent, but at least you're eating 80% of the time, whole nutrient dense foods. Yeah. Bodybuilding and physique competitions are the only exception to that yeah. rule, essentially. Yeah. Unless you, I mean, yeah, other elite sports, but those are the two big ones. Yeah. Um, and a big one is you've been eating at maintenance calories for an extended period of time. We live in a culture where dieting is the norm. Like, I can't even tell you how many times individuals come to us and are like, oh, yeah, I've been trying to lose weight for years and they've been eating twelve to sixteen hundred calories for years, and so if you have not been eating at like your maintenance calories, we have to get you there. I would look like I was on Survivor if I ate that kind of calories. I mean, you saw me last week when I was trying to eat seventeen hundred calories. Yeah, it doesn't go over well. No, um, and then you got mean. I know. I couldn't see straight. Anyways, mean. we're not going to get into that right now. Uh, we should do an episode about that, though. Anyways. About how mean you are to me? N- <laughs> about carb and calorie cycling. Mm, mm. Um, that you're eating adequate amount of protein. This is a big one. A lot of individuals come work- come to us under eating protein. So aim for 0.8 to 1 gram per pound of body weight. That's a good rule of thumb. And then the last, and I think possibly the most important thing is you understand that habit formation, consistency, and sustainability are the keys to success. You have to get those three things in your mind before moving into a deficit. Word. Anything to add? Nothing. Let's keep rolling. Okay. The other ones are going to kind of go through much quicker. Um, So another mistake or common mistake is doing too much too soon. Oh, boy. Yeah. Don't get me started on this one. Yeah. Like, I can't even explain to you how many individuals are like, well, I need to go- I need to cut 500 calories. No, you don't. 
because that's, that's what you read in Men's Health and Women's Health yeah. magazine. But you literally, one, you're, yeah, you might lose weight really fast, but is it sustainable? And you're literally setting yourself up for failure the next time that you want to go into a deficit. Every single time you diet, quote unquote, like the goal is to figure out how much food you can eat. The while maximum st- amount of food you can eat while yes. still achieving body composition change. Yes. Because think about it. If you are at 1,700 calories this time, the next time you go into a deficit or diet, you're most likely going to have to go lower than that because your body has seen 1,700 calories and it's probably adapted to that better. Um, and we could go into periodization, all that stuff, but we're not going to. That's for a different day. Yes. Um. So what I recommend is starting with a 10% deficit. That might sound really small, but start there. And this goes into the next mistake is... Well, and to, sorry, to put it into perspective, when you're talking 10%, you're saying if someone's eating 2,000 calories, that's only a 200 calorie Mm -hmm. deficit. If someone's eating more than that, now we're talking like, yeah, maybe even for a male, if they're eating 3,000 calories, okay, now you're talking 300 calories as as the deficit but Mm -hmm. it's not that 500 like you were talking about it's not this big change because when you start looking at the amount of food that equates to 200 calories or 150 calories or 100 calories you're like okay i'm not really changing anything Mm -hmm. i didn't eat the extra piece of x yeah yeah absolutely um and then so moving into that next common mistake is changing things too quickly so when you go into that 10% deficit, hang tight for a minimum of two to three weeks. And I I'd think, say even longer. Yeah. I It depends. If if you've like done a deficit before, I think it's longer. If you're brand new, I think it's... Yeah, you'll see the difference in yeah. those couple of weeks. Um, but I think this, this could be the hardest one, especially like personally i know like with you i i am i'm always like well should i change this because it's hard to be patient and so just knowing like our bodies are so freaking smart like we have to give them time to adapt and to shift and see if it's they're going to change anything else there no keep rolling you're killing it okay uh, another mistake we see is not monitoring biofeedback and we what are, the hell is biofeedback yeah. coach? <laughs> so we are huge. Like this is one of the mo- most important parts or aspects of our check-ins. So monitoring sleep and stress. Think of that as like your biofeedback. There's other things like bowel movements, but we're not going to get into those. Mm, today. You don't want to know how many times I poop every day. <laughs> no, it's twice. <laughs> Um, so with sleep, again, aiming for seven to nine hours of sleep every night, we are huge into creating a consistent morning and evening routine, um, limiting light exposure. Like you, like you said, limiting technology, limiting caffeine, all of those things can help sleep quality think, and quantity. Absolutely. And I think a big one, uh, besides the blue light, cause I feel like that's like a buzz thing right now, but the caffeine, I don't think a lot of people realize the half-life of caffeine and how long it can affect you for. Like, you'll hear people all the time. One of our good friends says this all the time. No, dude, you don't even know me. I can take, like, a scoop of pre-workout and fall asleep. It's like, uh, okay, number one, something's wrong with you. <laughs> like, you shouldn't be able to do that. But number two, 
the half-life of caffeine, if you're drinking, let's say you have a that two o'clock, I can't talk, that two o'clock, two o'clock cup of coffee, and let's say it's a normal size, size coffee, not the eight ounces that everybody bases everything off of, you're talking about anywhere from you know, 90 to upwards of 200 milligrams of caffeine. Mm-hmm. Well, the half-life on caffeine, I believe, and don't quote me on this because I could be a little bit off here, but I believe it's like five and a half hours. I was going to say five to seven. Okay, so if anywhere in that, let's just say six and split it down the middle, six hours. So that means by the time 8 p.m. rolls around, that caffeine still isn't even out of your system. Yeah, yeah. And that's like you start thinking about that and you think, whoa, like... Maybe my lack of sleep is due to the caffeine, even though I'm only drinking it at two o'clock. Mm-hmm. Like, even though you don't feel jittery and buzzed and all those sorts of things. And if you if you can have that much, like I think you just need to reassess any, and that not have it impact you. Like I you're think you drinking need to reassess. Too much. Yeah. yeah, you're drinking too much. I had to go through that. Yeah, I've you I've still. trimmed mine way down. You have, yeah, you way have. down. Uh, I even had to. I was having that too. You were going to give me no credit. You were about to say that yeah. I've made no change. No, you have. I've but eliminated it, like 300 milligrams probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I went from having that morning and then 2 PM to just the morning. I just like coffee. That's my issue. Um, but okay. Going to stress. So we talked about this already, but check if your stress bucket is overflowing. So what do I mean by like by that? D? What do you mean, coach? Oh, you want me to actually answer? Yes. <laughs> so your stress bucket overflowing, meaning you've got all the stress in your life, whether it's you stress or distress, like the different types. A lot of people will put those in two separate buckets mm-hmm. and they'll say the, the distress or what is negative stress is pouring into this one bucket and that's things like maybe stressed with deadlines and expectations and things at your job and family and finances and just a lot of things that are going on in your mind that cause you that stress that's all going into one bucket and then you believe that like you stress which is positive stress which is like being challenged to be a better version of you or to hit a milestone like maybe in your training or something like that and and exercise, those all go into another bucket. Well, the problem is that that's not how it works. It's not two separate I buckets. Wish. It's one giant bucket. It's like those buckets. Do you remember the, the buckets that you used to like buy from Walmart? Maybe they still sell them, but we, we used them for like drink coolers. We'd fill them with ice, but they had like the rope handles on the side mm-hmm. and they were huge. You could like sit in, sit yeah. in them as a little kid. Like yeah. That's like your stress bucket, right? Mm-hmm. And it fills up pretty quick. Yeah. And then when you exercise and train on top of that or put yourself in a a caloric deficit, that goes in that same bucket. Mm -hmm. So for a lot of times, most people, that water is already at the rim. It's already all the way up. Yeah. And then you pour on exercise and a caloric deficit. Now you're starting to overflow. Yeah. And that's where you've taken on too much stress, even though some of it is positive. Yeah. And I don't want to dive into it too much, but... So many individuals have told me like, no, exercise is my stress relief. Y'all, when you exercise to physically get stronger, to get fitter, to get faster, you have to place stress on your body. It doesn't just happen. I love this. It's because of the stress. Yeah, exactly. I love the analogy that Kelly Starrett used in a recent podcast. He said, he really said it in a polarizing way, but I, it was on purpose. And then he explained, 
he said that training makes us weaker. And what he was trying yeah. to say is that it literally it stresses the body. It breaks you down to build you up. And the analogy he made, was, and he said, if you don't believe me, hop up and do max pull-ups, <laughs> hop off, wait two minutes, and try it again. I guarantee you won't get the same number. Yeah. I was like, that's so true. It's stress on the body. Yeah, it's, yeah. So no matter how much you think it is helping stress, it's not, unfortunately. It can still make you feel good. Yes. But it's not technically a de-stressor. We need other It's not a stress management tool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I thought there was something else I was going to say. Well, what are some stress management tools? Yeah. So we said these at the very beginning of the episode, but reading, meditation, deep breathing, going for a walk, doing some form of self-care. I love bubble baths. Um, Do a puzzle, anything like that. Yeah. And I think those all sound like... And even as I read the list, I'm, besides going on a walk, a lot of that stuff, and I feel like a lot of people fall in this boat. I read those things. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not wasting my time doing that. Mm-hmm. But you'll be literally blown away by the impact that it has on your, obviously your stress, but like the way you feel your quality of life. Yeah. I love to draw and color. <laughs> and as mm-hmm. lame as that sounds, those are things that I really love. And I rarely do them. But when I do... I forget about everything else that was driving me nuts that day because I'm so involved in what's happening with the piece of art that I'm working on. And especially when I'm drawing because I'm concentrating so hard. And um, it's just something to where I feel so good afterwards. Yeah. So definitely don't underestimate the impact that it can have, even though you might look at it like I don't have time or that's a waste of time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Another one is something non-exercise activity thermogenesis we're going to just call that's it that's neat, neat. <laughs> yes so neat's literally an activity you do that isn't eating sleeping breathing or purposeful exercise so think about like walking cleaning the house um the goal for that you want to tell them mm, i'd say eight to ten okay <laughs> Yeah, 8 to 10 steps. <laughs> 8 to 10,000 steps per day. You got it. Now, let let me just talk about this for a second cuz I think that sometimes we get a little too caught up in these steps, especially you sitting across from me. I knew this was going to Now, this happen. is why I want to say this. I want you to live a physically active lifestyle. Ash and I both do. We want that. We want you to strive for 8 to 10,000 steps per day. If you don't hit that though, you are not a failure. You don't have to go get more because here's the deal. You might live like a, on a specific day on Sundays. We don't get a lot of steps in, right? Yesterday I got 10K. Okay. But usually Way to no. rub it in my face. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so Sunday maybe is an exception in general. But let's say it's a Monday. We typically lift on Monday. So I'm not getting as many steps during my training as opposed to if I was outside running, for example, and there were, or there was running in the workout. Right or even farmers carries in the workout a lot of them, that would allow me to accumulate a lot more steps in that hour to two hours of activity. But because I'm training, I'm not getting those extra steps, and maybe I then miss the goal by just a little bit, or I miss the mark by a few. Right, that doesn't mean that I wasn't active that day or I didn't lead an active lifestyle. So strive for those steps, but also understand that activity is a compound has a compounding effect. Just because you're not necessarily getting steps 
doesn't mean you're not leading a physically active lifestyle or you're not improving, you know, upon that need. For example, if we were at the lake, maybe we go kayaking in the morning. We're not doing that as a workout. We're just doing it for a casual like activity. That's adding to our need. That's stacking on it. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to have any steps registered from that, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. But I think a lot of individuals steps are just the easy thing to monitor. No, it's definitely easy to it, monitor. It's there's so many people that are just active couch potatoes. They work out and then they log 3000 to 4000 steps. Yeah, and no. it's like that's not enough. It's definitely easy to monitor and it gets people moving. I'm just meaning don't lose sight of the fact that it doesn't have always have to be walking. Oh, like no. get up and go ride your bike. Go out and kayak. Go paddleboard like do some other activities activity, yeah. and yeah, they're not going to register on your step count, but they bumped your knee way, way up. Yeah, absolutely. And so kind of just getting back to steps, if hold on, hold on. Yeah. On the notes that we were following on this episode, just so everyone knows I hate you. at the end, it literally says on this section, buy a dog. Ha ha. <laughs> Cause I made myself laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was like a subtle passive aggressive way of saying like d we're buying another dog no code is good okay thank god yeah okay so he gave away one of my tips first tip for getting more steps buy a dog (laughs) i thought i was funny because he was gonna read it but now i'm embarrassed (laughs) uh another thing is making it a part of your routine start and end your day with a small walk i especially individuals that are working from home still do it it's a game changer i like the idea of the small walk sporadically throughout the day yeah like i don't like the long walk of like an hour to two hours yeah you know i hate that but i two hours we've never you get what i mean some people go on these really long walks Unless we're hiking, I don't want to do that. Yeah. But it's way more manageable for me to think, okay, we're just going to the front of the complex and back. It's 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's way more digestible. Yeah. No, me too. Um, something as simple as parking further away. Wherever you go, park far. <laughs> um, and then another one is just when you are doing a conference call or a phone call for work and you don't have to have your video on, take a walk during it if it's possible and if it's not windy. Um but those are some ways to just increase that neat. Love it. Uh, another mistake is just talking about like satiety. So there's a huge difference between waking up in the middle of the night because you're hungry and feeling and just feeling a little hungry. Hunger is normal during a calorie deficit or a diet. If you're waking up in the middle of the night or you feel hungry 24 seven, It's not a time to be in a deficit or you're in too steep of one. I was going to say, yeah, you're too far down the rabbit hole there. Yeah. Like you need to do a reverse diet. Got it. Um, And another common mistake is not tracking foods accurately or extra bites. So some things with this is like using generic food entries. So an example would be a taco. If you log a taco, that could mean a million different things. It could literally be the difference of a lettuce wrap taco <laughs> with grilled chicken and some salsa, salsa maybe some beans to versus Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Crunchwrap Supreme. Yeah, that's exactly. Um, so we need to break that down. Like what's in the taco? Um, when possible, weigh your food. Measuring two tablespoons of peanut butter, 
could actually be three to four when it's weighed out. That adds up over time. One day, not a big deal. Also, Every day, throughout a week, throughout a month, adds up. Especially with peanut butter, because peanut yeah, butter is a dangerous game, right? Mm-hmm. You can pull that big scoop out, and you think that's a tablespoon. You're not it's even close. Three. Your it's, eyes are lying to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then double check entries. Sometimes when you use the barcode scanner. It doesn't always line up with what the label says. So just double check that. You only have to do it once. Done. And then the last thing is just tracking foods as raw versus cooked. So there's a difference. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my goodness. So with meat and veggies, they typically lose about 25 percent of its volume during cooking. So if you have this is going to get a little confusing. Actually, not really. Would you like me to walk through the math? I mean, if you want to. No, I was just giving you a hard time because I know numbers are hard. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so if you have the cooked weight, take that weight, times it by 1.3, and you can log it as the raw weight. So for an example, four ounces of cooked beef times 1.3 is 5.3 ounces of raw beef. And that's what you would enter. Or find a a tra- or a cooked option got it but those it, they're not always a hundred percent got it look for the green check mark 1.3 is a magic number if it's cooked yes you got, got it. it um and then another mistake coming up on the end i think we have two more is only focusing on the scale so progress should absolutely be measured by more than just the scale So some other things that you can use is body fat percentage, probably not realistic for most individuals. Uh, Yeah, to touch on that, it's not realistic because you're not going to be able to estimate it accurately. Yeah. Those calipers that you get in the Cheerio box are not going (laughs) to cut it. Yeah, you need skin calipers or like a DEXA scan. Do not use your scale. Yeah, don't use your scale. Also, when she says skin calipers, we're talking about like Lang skinfold calipers that are 500 bucks a pop. Yeah. So these aren't like we do. Yeah. But most people are not going to have that. Yeah. It's not anything you're going to buy online in most cases. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you shouldn't have to do that. And if you have a hydrostatic weighing tank at your house, I want to come. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know. Or a DEXA. Let yeah. me know. Hit me up. Um, and then another way you could measure is circumference measurements. You could absolutely do that. Know, though, that those, if they're changing drastically, you're doing it wrong. Or there's something wrong. Like, we're not doing something sustainable. Um. And then one of two of my favorites, one is progress pictures. You know, when I first started working with a nutrition coach, I freaking hated progress pictures. They were so uncomfortable. But now my weight doesn't change a ton. I mean, right now we're in a deficit and my weight really hasn't changed at all. But my body composition has changed drastically. And I can only tell that by progress pictures. And then the last one, which is by far my favorite is how your clothes feel. You're going to notice a difference with how your jeans feel, how your sweatpants feel, how your shirts feel. Just pay attention to it. I noticed a difference when I my, when my knees were fully rehabbed. Mm-hmm. My jeans, I basically look like Luke Bryan now in my jeans. <laughs> it's short. Sure. It's, uh, you've seen me. <laughs> yeah, they do. There we go. Ashley's jealous of my butt, in case anyone hasn't I am, heard that. But you're jealous of my thighs. 
Yeah, her her quads are an inch <laughs> bigger than mine. It's pretty it's pretty demoralizing. Um and then the last mistake we often see is just setting unrealistic expectations. Weight loss is very slow and your weight is going to fluctuate day to day. The overall goal is to have that downward trend over time. Focus on that big picture. If you have to put it in a spreadsheet, look at that downward trend and aiming for this really depends on how much you're trying to lose or how much like you have to lose. Aim for half a pound to a pound every week. Love it. Anything else? Yeah, I don't know. I I love that you brought up like the downward trend because it's not going to be that smooth, gradual downward trend that you see. It's going to look more like a jagged line. There's going to be days where it drops four pounds and then goes up two pounds. And there's going to be days where it drops a pound and goes up two and then down three. And it's going to be this jagged zigzag type line, but it should have a downward trend over the course of time. Yeah, that's exactly. I I try to show my weight fluctuations a lot because my weight does fluctuate like two to three pounds every day. Uh, Well, not every day, but throughout the week. So it's normal. It happens. (laughs) Love it. Uh, I don't have anything else to add. Are you wrapped up? Yeah, I think so. That's it. Watch out for those common mistakes and um, let us know if you have questions. Hell yeah, I love it. Uh, Again, guys, thank you for tuning in. And uh, if you have any questions, feel free, reach out, send us a DM, email, whatever it takes to get a hold of us. We'd love to answer them for you, as well as any potential future episodes that you'd like us to record. But until next time, have a fantastic week. Bye, y'all. All right, gang. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or if you're here with us each and every week, we cannot thank you enough. We so greatly appreciate your support and your love we couldn't do this without you it is because of you that we're able to reach people and change more lives through this platform so if you enjoy what you hear please head over to apple leave us a five-star review drop a comment in in there as well that is how we reach more people and change more lives through this medium if you do not follow us on all of our other platforms be sure to get on instagram get on tiktok on facebook youtube Subscribe and follow all of those channels. We are bringing you value every single day across all of those different platforms to make sure that you can take as much information as possible and apply it to your health and fitness journey to actually move the needle towards what you're striving to become or what you're striving to achieve. So we really hope you guys enjoy the episodes. We really hope that you take the time to share these with family, friends, loved ones, get the word out there. Again, we appreciate you guys so much and we will see you next week.